Chapter Fifty Four of Peter Simple. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Shasta, Oakland, California. Peter Simple by Frederick Marriott. Chapter Fifty Four we receive our sailing orders and orders of every description a quarter-deck conversation listeners never hear any good of themselves when i arrived at portsmouth i reported myself to the captain who lived at the hotel i was ushered into his room to wait for him as he was dressing to dine with the admiral my eyes naturally turned to what lay on the table merely from the feeling which one has to pass away the time not from curiosity and i was much surprised to see a pile of letters the uppermost of which was franked by lord privilege this however might be merely accidental but my curiosity was excited and i lifted up the letter and found that the second the third and indeed at least ten of them were franked by my uncle i could not imagine how there could be any intimacy between him and my uncle and was reflecting upon it when captain hawkins for that was his name entered the room he was very kind and civil apologized for not being able to extend my leave which he said was because he had consulted the admiral who would not sanction the absence of the first lieutenant and had very peremptorily desired he would recall me immediately i was satisfied he shook my hand and we parted on my arrival on board the hulk for the brig was still in the dock i was warmly received by my messmates they told me that the captain had generally speaking been very civil but that occasionally the marks of the cloven hoof appeared webster said i to the second lieutenant do you know anything about his family or connections it is a question i have asked of those who have sailed with him and they all say that he never speaks of his own family but very often boasts of his intimacy with the nobility some say that he is a by-blow of some great man i reflected very much upon this and connecting it with the numerous franks of lord privilege which i saw on the table had my misgivings but then i knew that i could do my duty and had no reason to fear any man i resolved in my own mind to be very correct and put it out of the power of any one to lay hold of me and then dismissed the subject the brig was repaired and out of dock and for some days i was very busy getting her ready for sea i never quitted her in fact i had no wish I never had any taste for bad company and midnight orgies, and I had no acquaintance with the respectable portion of the inhabitants of Portsmouth. 
at last the ship's company were removed into the brig we went out of the harbor and anchored at spithead captain hawkins came on board and gave me an order book saying mr simple i have great objection to written orders as i consider that the articles of war are quite sufficient to regulate any ship still the captain is in a very responsible situation and if any accident occurs he is held amenable i therefore have framed a few orders of my own for the interior discipline of the vessel which may probably save me harmless in case of being hauled over the coals but not with any wish that they should interfere with the comforts of the officers only to guard against any mischance of which the onus may fall upon myself i received the order book and the captain went ashore when i went down into the gun-room to look through it i at once perceived that if rigidly conformed to every officer in the ship would be rendered uncomfortable and if not conformed to i should be the party that was answerable i showed it to webster who agreed with me and gave it as his opinion that the captain's good nature and amiability were all blind and that he was intending to lay hold of us as soon as it was in his power i therefore called all the officers together and told them my opinion webster supported me and it was unanimously agreed that the orders should be obeyed although not without remonstrance the major part of the orders however only referred to the time that the brig was in harbor and as we were about to proceed to sea it was hardly worth while saying anything at present the orders for the sailing of the brig came down and by the same post i received a letter from my sister ellen stating that they had heard from captain fielding who had immediately written to bombay where the regiment was stationed and had received an answer informing him that there was no married man in the regiment of the name of sullivan and no woman who had followed the regiment of that name this at once put an end to all our researches after the wet nurse who had been confined in my uncle's house where she had been sent it was of course impossible to say but i gave up all chance of discovering my uncle's treachery and as i thought of celeste sighed at the little hope i had of ever being united to her i wrote a long letter to o'brien and the next day we sailed for our station in the north sea the captain added a night order book to the other and sent it up every evening to be returned in the morning with the signature of every officer of the night watches he also required all our signatures to his general order book that we might not say we had not read them i had the first watch when swinburne came up to me well mr simple i do not think we have made much by our exchange of captains and i have a shrewd suspicion we shall have squalls ere long 
we must not judge too hastily swinburne replied i no no i don't say that we should but still one must go a little by looks in the world and i'm sure his looks wouldn't help him much he is just like a winter's day short and dirty and he walks the deck as if plank were not good enough for his feet mr william says he looks as if he were big with the fate of cato and of rome what that means i don't know some joke i suppose for the youngsters are always joking were you ever up in the baltic mr simple now i think of it i know you never were i've seen some tight work up there with the gunboats and so we should now with captain o'brien but as for this little man i have an idea twill be more talk than work you appear to have taken a great dislike to the captain swinburne i do not know whether as first lieutenant i ought to listen to you it's because you're first lieutenant that i tell it you mr simple i never was mistaken in the main of an officer's character when i could look him in the face and hear him talk for a half an hour and i came up on purpose to put you on your guard for i feel convinced that towards you he means mischief what does he mean by having the greasy-faced sergeant of marines in his cabin for half an hour every morning his reports as master of arms ought to come through you as first lieutenant but he means him as a spy upon all and upon you in particular the fellow has began to give himself airs already and speaks to the young gentlemen as if they were beneath him i thought you might not know it mr simple so i thought it right to tell you i am much obliged to you swinburne for your good wishes but i can do my duty and why should i fear anything a man may do his duty mr simple but if a captain is determined to ruin him he has the power i have been longer in the service than you have and have been wide awake only be careful of one thing mr simple i beg your pardon for being so free but in no case lose your temper no fear of that swinburne replied i it's very easy to say no fear of that mr simple but recollect you have not yet had your temper tried as some officers have you have always been treated like a gentleman but should you find yourself treated otherwise you have too good blood in your veins not to speak i am sure of that i've seen officers insulted and irritated till no angel could put up with the treatment and then for an unguarded word which they would have been swabs not to have made use of sent out of the surface to the devil but you forget swinburne that the articles of war are made for the captain as well as for everybody else on the ship i know that but still at court-martials captains make a great distinction between what a superior says to an inferior and what an inferior says to a superior true replied i quoting shakespeare 
that's in the captain but a choleric word which in the soldier is rank blasphemy exactly my meaning i rather think said swinburne if a captain calls you no gentleman you mustn't say the same to him certainly not replied i but i can demand a court-martial yes and it will be granted but what do you gain by that it's like beating against a heavy gale and a lee tide thousand to one if you fetch your port and if you do your vessel is strained to pieces sails worn as thin as a newspaper and rigging chafed half through wanting fresh serving no orders for a refit and laid up in ordinary for the rest of your life no no mr semple the best plan is to grin and bear it and keep a sharp lookout for depend upon it mr semple in the best ship's company in the world a spy captain will always find spy followers do you refer that observation to me mr spinburne said a voice from under the bulwark i started around and found the captain who had crept upon the deck unperceived by us during our conversation swinburne made no reply but touched his hat and walked over to leeward i presume mr simple said the captain turning to me that you consider yourself justified in finding fault and abusing your captain to an inferior officer on his majesty's quarter-deck if you heard the previous conversation sir replied i you must be aware that we were speaking generally about court-martials i do not imagine that i have been guilty of any impropriety in conversing with an officer upon points connected with the service you mean then to assert sir that the gunner did not refer to me when he said the words spy captain i acknowledge sir that as you were listening unperceived the term might appear to refer to you but the gunner had no idea at the time that you were listening his observation was that a spy captain would always find spy followers this i take to be a general observation and i am sorry that you think otherwise very well mr simple said captain hawkins and he walked down the companion ladder into his cabin now ain't it odd mr simple that i should come with the intention of being of service to you and yet get you into such a scrape however perhaps it is all for the best open war is preferable to watching in the dark and stabbing in the back he never meant to have shown his colors but i hit him so hard that he forgot himself i expect that to be the case swinburne but i think that you had better not talk any more with me to-night wish i hadn't talked quite so much as things have turned out replied swinburne good-night sir i reflected upon what had passed and felt convinced that swinburne was right in saying that it was better that this had occurred than otherwise i now knew 
the ground which I stood upon, and forewarned was being forearmed. End of chapter 54